the end of this service, you will know the Lord and have asked Him into your life. The Lord will change them. Nothing like the Lord. He's just that good. There's a home for the prodigal. Love that chases the cynical. There's a well for every thirsty soul. Come and dream. On the last breath of a criminal. Hear it sung from every
thoughts except that person's own spirit and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit and we have received God's spirit not the world's spirit so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us but people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit it all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it for only those who are spiritual can understand what the spirit means it's a spiritual thing we're in a spiritual realm all around us is spiritual but until we check that within our own spirit we ask the Lord spirit to come inside of us we are outsiders we know not of what we're this stuff doesn't even make sense but the moment that we see him we are changed the moment that we recognize that need the moment that we recognize the Holy Spirit is all around us, but He's not inside of us, that just gave me goosebumps just thinking about the realization. I remember that in my life whenever I knew I needed something, but I just, I just wouldn't. I didn't. 
but he was still all around me he was still all around me but I hadn't invited him into my heart but the moment that I did that I was changed the moment that I seen him I was changed you can have that you can have that in your life you know he's all around his spirits here his spirits all around you can be changed forever 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 break those chains. Let's sing. Let's sing some more.
golf course, you know, it just stirred up a lot of emotions in us because we shouldn't have to be doing that because our boys should be here with us, but we know it's God's plan and we can't argue with that and we know we'll see him again, but after, you know, 22 years of marriage, I know my husband well and he's struggling today. He, he is struggling, and I know, I know how the enemy works on him, and he works right here. So I know things that are probably going through his mind that it's just from the enemy, and that means he doesn't want him to get up and preach the word God has given him. So I'm going to ask him to come forward, and if some of the men would come up, I just, he just needs a refreshing and a renewing from God to release this heaviness because we're one, and when he's feeling heavy, my spirit feels it too. So if you would all just join us in praying for him.
seen you breathe life within, so I'll pour out my praise again. You're worthy, God, you're worthy of all of it. Your promises never fail. I've got stories I live to tell, so his family I thank you for them Lord because they are a gift so many things I could say right now um, 
I do love my pastor. I love him deeply. And I know he cares. He cares deeply about each and every one. And uh, sometimes you just don't know what to do but and to help, but just to be around, just to support them, just to let them know continually, just to let them know that we're here for them. And Lord, bless them, God. Bless them for their faithfulness, Lord, that they've shown through the years, God. Hallelujah to you, God. Thank you for our pastor. Thank you for Sarah, for Island. Thank you for them. I know so, so many of you can relate how the Spirit of the Lord can just prick your heart and make you aware of things. And Lord, I'm thankful for that right now. But your Holy Spirit still, your still small voice will, will grab a hold of us sometimes and bring us back to the center, the center of you, the center of all things. Thankful for that today. As I know I've been reset today in my spirit. I thank you for that. Today, let's give a, let's give a hug around the neck to, to your neighbor. And just tell them that you love them, all right? Amen. Amen. Are you thankful for Jesus today? Amen. Thankful for the Holy Spirit as well that leads us and directs us and guides us and comforts us and encourages us daily. Sometimes we need it minute by minute some days, right? Um, before I get going in the message this morning, if you're a first-time guest, will you just slip your hand up? I'm not going to call you up here or anything. First-time guest with us at Orchardville Church right back in here, right over here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. We appreciate you checking out Orchardville Church and what God has for your life while you're here. Um, there's a card in the seat in front of you or behind you if you're in the front row. If you'll fill that out and turn it in at the welcome desk, we have a gift for you. Um, and again, I just encourage you to come on back. This is a wonderful, wonderful church family. Amen? Should be a lot of amens on that. I know it is, so... Um, a great place to belong to and, and be with and be encouraged and be prayed over even in the midst of a service. So, amen. amen. <laughs> so let's get into the word this morning. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 15 in just a little bit. Matthew chapter 15. And I don't know how much of this I'll get through. Um, I'm getting pulled in a couple different directions right now. So, uh, the title this morning is, There's a Place for You. There's a place for you. And I know this week, uh, Thursday is Thanksgiving, and a lot of people are going to gather around a table uh, with family and friends, and they're going to take a seat at that table, and they're going to be fed well, right? <laughs> and then everybody's going to take a nap. 
But the great thing is, everybody's going to come as they are. They're going to enjoy their own seat as they feast on this great Thanksgiving meal on Thursday. But this morning, I want you guys to know about another table, and it's the Lord's table. And there's a celebration that you can share with the Lord because if you'll come to Him, there's a place for you. If you're a believer that's struggling, there's a place for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's a place for you. And the great thing about it is we get to come as we are. We get to come on a Sunday morning when your heart's a little broken and you're hurting and you're going through some things. We get to come just like that. And Jesus loves us in it. We don't have to come and put on a disguise with all of our flaws and our mistakes and our hurts. We get to come just like we are and let him know what's going on because he knows us already and he loves us. And we belong at this table as, as believers because simply we're his and there's a place for us. We come to this table to repent at times. We come to be filled and we are met with a super, super abundance and provision for our spirit and every single time that we need it. Amen. So Matthew 15, this place at the table, this place that we have, I think it's just a taste of what heaven's going to be like. It's just a taste here on earth as we come to Jesus of what heaven's going to be like. Matthew 15, 21 through 28. If you'll stand for the reading of the word. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me. She said, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Father, we just thank you again for the opportunity to be here. And God, it's not about us. It's all about you. We focus on you, we love you, we praise you. Father, anoint this word and help me to deliver it, Father, as you would want it. And I praise you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. A lot of times when you read this story, it, it sometimes trips people up with, with how Jesus was responding in here and what he says and what he does. But something really kind of stunning happens in this story. And she comes to Jesus saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. So she calls Jesus the Messiah who would save the world in the term that she used, son of David. And so she calls Jesus her Lord, her master. 
And she's also calling out to Jesus for him to extend mercy to her because she has a daughter who is severely oppressed, possessed by a demon. And this Gentile, remember that, Gentile Canaanite woman has awareness of who Jesus is. Now, right before this passage of scripture, we, saw, we see the Pharisees and the scribes come from Jerusalem to Jesus to challenge him because they were rejecting him. In the, this account that we're reading this morning, it opens up with this Gentile Canaanite woman coming to Jesus, not to reject him, but to find mercy from the Lord and Messiah. And she's dealing with this, she's struggling, but Jesus gives her a few responses as he speaks to her or doesn't speak to her. In verse 23, we read that Jesus did not answer a word to her. Now, if that happened to you, how many of you would be snobbish and say, well, forget it. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. You're not going to talk to me. I'm not going to talk to you. And this is a response, though, that Jesus uses with others, including the people in the land of Israel. So there, there's no reason to see Jesus' lack of an answer as meaning that he has no interest in her. His lack of response, it sets up seeing what will be the response of everybody else around. So he does not answer, but carefully, look, look at verse 23, Jesus' disciples asked Jesus to send her away. Now, why do they want to send her away? It's not because she's a Gentile or a Canaanite. Send her away because she keeps crying out after us. We're tired of it. This, this Canaanite woman will not leave us alone. So their, their thought is, if you're not going to answer her, then be gone. Send her away. She's following after us. She keeps crying out to us. And if you can imagine that, her repeatedly yelling at the top of her voice, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. Over and over and over again saying this. And Jesus gives the disciples this answer in verse 24. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now to me, that's curious. That speaks to me. So the disciples may have meant by send her away to heal her and get her on her way. Just do your thing, get her on her way. And Jesus then says that his mission is the lost sheep of Israel. So it's also possible that the disciples meant that Jesus needs to send her away without healing her. Just get her out of here. And Jesus reminds them of the mission because he is going to show them what his work means. So either way, the woman will not be turned away. In verse 25, she comes and she kneels now at Jesus' feet, begging for help. And his third response still seems dismissive to her. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I don't think he's being mean. He's challenging her just like he challenged other people, everyone who came to him for healing. He's, he's clarifying to her who he is and what he's come to do. Anytime Jesus healed someone, he was always looking to pull something more out of them. Like, do you understand who I am and why I'm here? Making sure you're not just here for the healing, for the miracle. You understand why I came and what I can do for you. And that I can save you from your sins. So, 
Again, he's not being mean. He's challenging her. Have you come for healing or have you come because you truly know who I am and what I have come to do? And then verse 27, so amazing what she says. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So her knowledge is amazing. She understands what's going on. Her faith is amazing. Even Jesus says so in verse 28. She knows that the blessings of the Messiah were not restricted to just Israel. She knows that Jesus came for everyone. She understands this, that he's going to reach the whole earth. The kingdom of heaven would not merely impact Israel, but it would impact the whole entire earth including the Gentiles, which she was. And she understood this, and a lot of people in Israel didn't. And she understood what the prophets were saying in Isaiah 49, 6. It is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. So the work that Jesus was doing did not stop in Israel. It would be a light to the nation so that the ends of the earth would be saved. And that's the kind of faith that this woman is expressing to him. You are the Lord, you are the son of David, have mercy on us also because your work will bless everyone, not just Israel. And she has great faith and healing came to her family because of her faith in Jesus. She had great faith to come to the table because she understood what her need was. She wants nothing but Jesus and nothing else will satisfy her. How many of us can say that this morning? I want nothing but Jesus because I know he is the only one that can satisfy me. He's the only one that can satisfy my heart. And she comes to the table and she is persistent She's persistent. How many of us give up after five minutes of prayer? She is persistent. She will not be sent away. She wants nothing but Jesus. And she even says that the crumbs from the Lord are enough for me. I just want the crumbs. And it sets up the next two parts of scripture in here in Matthew 15 as a call for us to come to Jesus' table because there's a place for us. There's a place for you. As you go on reading the next story in here, we can come to the table, the table of Jesus, and be healed. Verses 29 through 31. I don't have them for the screen, but in your Bible, if you want to look at that. He goes, walking beside the Sea of Galilee, great crowds are coming to Jesus, bringing the lame, they're bringing the blind, the crippled, the mute, many other afflictions and diseases. And what does Jesus do? Does he say, I've only come for the lost sheep of Israel? No, in verse 30 says that they put them at the feet of Jesus and he healed them. He healed them. And then in verse 31, these Gentiles praise God, the God of Israel. They praised him. They knew that the God of Israel is the true and living God. They're like, you know, our gods, uh, we understand how they're useless. They are useless compared to the one true God. The God of Israel is glorified by the Gentiles. These Gentiles come to the table and they're healed. We can also come to the table, the table of Jesus, and we can find compassion. Verse 32, 
We see a similar account to what we read in Matthew 14. If you go back a chapter, Jesus tells his disciples that he has compassion for these people who have been with him three days with nothing to eat. How many of you, it's hard to go a day without anything to eat? Three days. So think about this. These crowds have been with Jesus for three days without anything to eat. No one's leaving. They just want Jesus. No one is saying they need to find a bed and we'll come back tomorrow after they get some sleep. They just want Jesus. No one's saying that they need to get to dinner and we'll be back later. They want Jesus. No one's saying that this service is too long and I'm out of here as soon as he does the altar call. They just want Jesus. Jesus says that they will faint on the way if I send them away now. He has compassion on them. And Jesus' compassion for Israel is the same as his compassion for the Gentiles, for everyone. He doesn't look at this crowd and say that he doesn't care for them because he has only come for the lost sheep of Israel. He doesn't say that. He has compassion on this crowd just like he has for all the other crowds that he had encountered. And he doesn't care about one person less than the other. Do you know Jesus cares about every single one of you in here? Do you know Jesus cares about not just the insiders of the people of the church, but the outsiders as well that aren't in this place right now? Do you know that Jesus cares about the person in the car next to you? When you're driving down the road and they cut you off? Jesus cares about the person sitting next to you right now that may be dealing with something heavy. He has compassion for the people. And if we will come to the table, we will find compassion too. We'll find healing too. And we can also come to the table, that table of Jesus, and find satisfaction. Now, I know after Thursday, a lot of you guys are going to be satisfied. But to come to the table of Jesus is so much better than any turkey and dressing and cranberry sauce out of a can. That's the only good one, true one. Okay. So if you go back and look at Matthew 14... It appears to happen again in Matthew 15. The disciples understand, they realize that we, we can't feed this large amount of people. But he takes, uh, in, this, in this scripture right here, takes the seven pieces of bread and a few small fish, gives thanks to the Father and gave them to the disciples who gave them to the crowd. Verse 37, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up seven baskets full of the broken pieces left over. The message there and the message in the chapter before that is Jesus provides. How many know that today? Jesus satisfies. There's nothing like him. And he gives abundantly more than what we need. And that's the same thing that's happening in 14 and 15. He provides, he satisfies, he gives abundantly more than we need, even to the Gentiles. 
So they not only re, uh, receive equal compassion, but they also receive equal provision and satisfaction with the lost sheep of Israel because Jesus came for all. So this morning, this message is that Jesus wants every single one of you to come to the table. There's a place for you. No one's excluded from his offer to come to the table. You can come to this table and you can find compassion. You can come to the table and you can find provision for yourself. You can come to the table and find satisfaction. You can come to the table and find abundantly more than what you need in this life. We are a blessed people. But he will challenge our faith and challenge our cry to see if we understand who he is and what he's come to do. Sometimes we're going to cry out. I've been here. We're going to cry out and it will seem like Jesus says nothing back to us. Just like in this story. But I'm going to encourage you, do not stop crying out. Don't stop crying out. We need to be like these people who keep crying out to him, have mercy on me. We need to keep crying out to him, Lord, help me. Sometimes that three-word word prayer is all you need. I just said it as I walked out of my office and came in here, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. Those three words are powerful. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of, that you know where your strength comes from. That I don't have to do this by myself. That I can say, Lord, help me. And he hears me. Don't stop. Don't walk away because you don't immediately get the answer that you wanted. He often wants us to check ourselves as we come to him. Do we understand our need? Do we understand that persistence comes out of this desperation for him? It's so easy to become comfortable in this life that we do not see our real needs. There are many of you that come in here every single Sunday, every single week, and you have needs, you have things that you need God to move on, but yet you sit and you don't cry out to him anymore. Be persistent. Be desperate. Do we understand who we are? The people who come to the table understand who they are. This woman does not, uh, she's not, upset about the idea that I'll just be a dog at the master's table, that I'll just, get, I just need some crumbs. She accepts that and says, that's what I'll take. I'll take that. And we need to see who we are. We can't come to the table if we're not poor in spirit. Humble ourselves. Paul called himself the worst of sinners. He called himself unworthy to be called an apostle. And we should all see ourselves as dogs wanting crumbs from the table. Now, think about that. I've got a couple dogs at home. Anybody else? I've eaten in many houses where there are dogs. You know what every dog wants during the meal? I was going to attempt to get down and beg. and But they sit under the table or this close to you on the couch and give you that sad face. Buddy does it all the time at home. But they sit there and they're intently watching. I can take a Cheeto. He's just like this. They're watching for anything to fall. Anything. 
They understand their position. They're just hoping for a crumb from dad to fall on the floor. But we need to desire crumbs like that from Jesus. I'll take anything, Lord. I'll take anything. We're unworthy servants who have done nothing to deserve even the crumbs that would fall from Jesus' table. Do we understand who Jesus is? You know, if we understand who Jesus is, then we're never leaving the table. Right? I'm not leaving. I know who you are. I'm not leaving. If we see him as the Lord and the master of our lives and the savior of the world, then we're not leaving him. It does not matter if it's been three days without food. I'm not leaving. It doesn't matter how hard life gets. I'm not leaving. I'm speaking to somebody right now, including myself. I don't ma- it doesn't matter how hard life gets. I'm not leaving you, Jesus. It does not matter what we lose. We are not leaving It doesn't matter how uncomfortable my situation might be. I'm not leaving. And when we can understand that only he can provide, only he can satisfy, only he can give more than we need, then we understand that I am never leaving that table because there's a place for me. He has a place for me. If our praise team would come back up. Now here's the good news. I'm talking about the crumbs and how we could be satisfied just on the crumbs. But when this Canaanite woman understood her need and came to the table, and when she understood who she was and was willing to have some crumbs, did Jesus just give her crumbs? No. No. She didn't get just the crumbs. She received a seat at the table, and Jesus says that it was done for her as she desired She was not turned away. We have a place at the table. And she pulled up a chair. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can have a seat at the table. You can have a seat at the table of Jesus. If you come to him looking for the crumbs, because you know who you are, you know what you need, and you know who Jesus is, you're going to find a seat. And you're never going to leave him because you realize and you understand who he is and who he wants to be in your life. Jesus changes things. He changes things. And the reason I said earlier that I'm battling in two different directions, because I know the message I'm supposed to deliver, but I also know that I could have called out several people before I even started preaching that need to come back to the table. Me being one of them. Man, yesterday was hard. Harder than I thought it would be. And it just all culminated with unveiling the sign and talking about him. And I'm not making this about me, but what, what I noticed yesterday as I looked around, we had, I just found out this morning, we had 35 teams come out to play disc golf yesterday. 
which is 70 people actually, if my terrible math is right, because we were playing a partners tournament. So 70 people came out, some maybe just to play disc golf, but a lot of them were there to honor the memory of our son. So in the moment of grief and sorrow and hurt, you can also look around and feel joy and happiness and smile because this is in his memory. And in that memory, you get reminded of who Jackson was, but more importantly, you get reminded of Jackson had a seat at Jesus' table. And he knew the Lord. And because he knew the Lord, he's at that eternal table, (laughs) celebrating every single day. But not only my hurt and my grief, but there's people in here today There are people struggling in their marriage. There are some people that really feel alone right now. There are some people that are weeping every every night over your, your kids that aren't serving the Lord right now. There are some people in here that need healing from the Lord right now. There are people in here that maybe just be clinging, clinging, barely holding on to their faith right now because life is super difficult. There's a place for you. But you gotta come to the table. There's some of you that are going through the motions of your faith over and over and over again because that's just what you're supposed to do but there's a seat at the table and God wants to renew your spirit and restore your joy. I'm glad that you come to church. I'm glad that you're here. But if you're just here going through the motions, Jesus said, I've got a place for you. I've got a place for you. Let me renew that spirit within you that pursues me with everything you have. If you guys will stand this morning. I just deliver it, what the Holy Spirit tells me. And if you're, you're one of those people that I mentioned and you're struggling with some things, the first thing you have to do is swallow your pride. Swallow your pride. Because until you get that out of the way, you will never come to the table. You will never come to the table. If you can't admit things are wrong, things are messed up, I'm not in a good place. If you can't admit that, you won't walk up to the table. So I'm going to pray. Whatever it is you're dealing with, please come to the table. There's a place for you. Please come, let Jesus minister to you. Don't stay the same this morning. Come. Father, right now I thank you that we have a place, that there's a place for us. And God, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit, God, your Holy Spirit, Father, Lord, even on the Sundays when your servant, who you've called to pastor, is a little down and downtrodden, God, even then, that your Holy Spirit would minister to people's hearts right now, God. Lord, the ones that are struggling with whatever it is, I pray, Father, right now that their pride, they just get that out of the way, Father, and they understand that you know them You know them. You know what they're dealing with. You know what they're struggling with, Father. And you've given them an invitation this morning to come. 
to come to your table to receive what they need this morning. To cry out, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to surrender today. Lord, I pray they come. I pray they come and understand they have a seat. Come to your table this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please make, don't make me come get you. Jesus knows you know. Come to him.
I know you guys don't need it, don't expect it, but I apologize for my brokenness at times. Uh, it's heavy. It's heavy sometimes, but I know you guys are praying for me, praying for us and our family. And some people say it's been almost a year and a half, and it feels like just yesterday for me still. So bear with me on those days I'm weak. I pray they always that they don't happen on Sundays. <laughs> But they do, but I push through because, like I said before, when I say, Lord, help me, I believe he's helping me. I believe he's helping you. When you cry out to him, he's helping. And he's helping you get through whatever it is you're facing as well. And I won't talk to my wife about what she did later. Yeah, because I believe she hears from the Lord just as well as I do. And I appreciate her doing that. Although I don't like things to be about me when it's all about Jesus. I appreciate her heart and her love for me and her love for God. So uh, one other announcement I have before we dismiss, some of you guys had heard or may have heard, but Kay Shell is battling breast cancer. Um, and you know the situation with that and a whole history with that. So uh, the church is going to be helping out financially a little bit with that. So if you would want to be a part of that as well, just get that to Justine and we will make sure she gets that. We'll send that to her. Again, if you want to help out Kay Shell and her battle with medical costs and things of that nature, you can get with Justine and we will make sure that gets to Kay. Um, again, I appreciate you guys. I love you very much. Um, no services this Wednesday night with Thanksgiving coming up. We trust that you are going to gather together with your family. Maybe some of your family that you gather with doesn't know the Lord. Be a light. I'm not saying argue about your faith with them. I'm saying be a light and show the love of Jesus in the midst of that meal and that time together this Thursday. Treasure that. I can tell you, treasure your time together with your family. It is special. It is special. We're going to be in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee over Thanksgiving, visiting with my aunt and uncle down there. So if you need me, I'll have my phone. If you need me physically, I'll send Jake. <laughs> Unless it's an emergency, I'll be back here. Okay? Appreciate you guys. Love you. You are not dismissed. You are sent. <laughs>